Hello, welcome to episode number 98 of the Business of Making podcast. It is book club week. We hope you enjoy this episode. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Good day, everyone, Jesse. Welcome back to the Business of Making podcast. I am here as always with my lovely co-host, Deb. Hello. And Mick. Hello. And today it is our first book club episode. So something a lot of you've been asking for and we've been talking about doing for a long time and we finally decided to do it. So today we're going to have a chat about our very first book, which was uh, The War of Art, not The Art of War, the Sun Tzu book, The War of Art. I do like a punny name though, by Stephen Pressfield. We have thoughts on this book. Uh, We have thoughts. So this will be an entertaining episode, and we're also going to announce our new uh, book. At the end of this episode, we're going to announce the next book for our book club, and the way it works is like, we give you two months to read the book, and we try to pick books that you can get like on, you know, Kindle or from your library or, you know, that they're not too obscure. You should be able to get a hold of them for free if you, if necessary. Pro tip, or you can always ask your library to buy a book that doesn't have it. So remember that that's a possibility. If you need a book and you can't afford to buy it, ask your local library to buy mm. it for you. Most of the, well, I know here in Australia, our local library just has a, re- a re- request page on the website and every time I've requested a book, they've bought it. So it's mm. nice. Awesome. It's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, they just send it over from another library in my case. Yeah, if they like, have oh, it. will be here in two weeks. It's coming yeah. from this city and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Very handy. But Very before handy. we start, we want to give a shout out to some of our lovely Patreon supporters who have been supporting us for a while. So the first of them is Laura from Little Wing Designs NZ, which you can find on Etsy. And she has a lot of lovely, sweet designs. Um, so her story is she created her brand as a nod to her dad, so her late father who she lost to cancer in 2010. Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix was his all-time favorite song, and the butterfly is a symbol of those who have passed on. So that was kind of her motivation behind her art and her creativity. She's a sort of a visual artist, but she's put a lot of her work onto jewelry and there's prints and all sorts of sweet stuff. So thank you so much, Laura, for supporting the show. We really, really appreciate your support. And again, you can go check out her lovely designs at Little Wing Designs NZ at Etsy. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Our next supporter is uh, Jennifer Fujimoto, uh, and that is her website as well, so jenniferfujimoto.com, and she has beautiful handmade art and decor, and unsurprisingly considering her name, it is quite Japanese in style, and it's absolutely adorable. Um, <laughs> there's these, like, cat, are they, like, bells? I think they're cat bells. They're super cute, made from, like, stoneware. I really love her style of stuff. It's, like, that sort of minimalist design. So, yeah. It's so beautiful. And there's stuff really for like plant lovers and animal lovers. It's really cute. Um, a lot of, um, yeah, mostly pottery sort of stuff. So, um, stoneware, pottery. There's so many different words, like ceramics. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know enough about it to know what all the differences are between the different types of no, things. No, I me neither. I think ceramics is different, but I, I don't know. Or porcelain is. I don't know. There's different. Yeah. One of them is different. <laughs> 
Porcelain's like a specific type of clay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like yeah. it fires higher. It's yeah, higher and stoneware, so I like feel like, fine. is as well. I feel yeah. like the potters are listening to us. Going, I know, no, they're like, no, you no, idiots. No, you idiots. You don't know what you're talking about. No, we don't. Sorry. Anyway, you can check out her stuff over at jennifafujimoto.com. Very cute stuff. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for supporting the show as well. We couldn't do this without our patrons. Uh, that is, you know, all of them out there. So thank you for being thank our you. supporters. And if you do want to support the show, you get, uh, if you become a certain level of supporter, you get an extra patrons only episode a month. And there's a whole bunch of other perks as well. And you can find all of that out over at patreon.com forward slash tbom. So patreon.com forward slash tbom. And you can help support us as well. We're, we're gaining on a hundred patrons which is really exciting because when we reach that we're going to do something special <laughs> so uh hopefully we can get there soon have you ever wondered how successful your handmade beers is in relation to the industry as a whole are you working more or less are you earning more or less does everyone want to have a full-time business or do some just want a successful part-time gig how many makers are really making a living online or via markets and shows Here's your chance to be part of the largest survey of handmade business owners that has ever been done. It's called the State of Handmade. Our first survey was in 2020 and got almost 2,000 responses. We want to make this year bigger and better to reach more people and get a clearer idea of the state of the handmade industry. We're especially curious as to how COVID-19 has affected handmade business this year. We want to hear your story. Head on over to thestateofhandmade.com right now. We want to reach as many people as possible all over the world, so please share this with your friends, colleagues, and community. Have your say now, thestateofhandmade.com. Okay, so ladies, yes, ladies. let's talk about this book. Now, just to, to break it down for those of you who haven't listened, I'm just going to pull my notes up. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened to it, for those of you who haven't read the book. Or listened to it, that's how I read it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I that's true. I listened to it on Audible. Yes. Um, I believe there are three sections to the, there's uh, three parts to this book. Um, I can't I remember. I think I just fast forwarded the middle part. <laughs> In the car. <laughs> oh, dear, I knew you were not going to be into that. No, so I should have brought my Kindle. I only brought my phone, which has got my, no, anyway. Um, so the first two parts, I enjoyed and I think were quite quite valuable. The last part very much lost me, um, and I think probably lost you too as well. Although there there were a few nuggets of wisdom in there, but but let's start with first impressions. I'm a bit confused as to what I think about this book, to be honest, because I think there was lots of moments where I was like, "That is making me think about this specific thing differently," and I appreciated that. But then there's also a lot of moments where I was waiting for those moments. So, like in between, right. I was getting a little bit lost, lots of analogies, lots of that sometimes I couldn't really quite, I don't know, get into, I suppose. So I guess all of the ideas of that of that book, you know, around turning pro, I guess we, we can explain them in a little mm-hmm. bit, but, you know, turning pro, the resistance was a big R thing and all of that. Like I understand them and I agree with them. I just think that almost I've already heard other either speakers or authors talk about it in a way that maybe – I don't know. I enjoyed listening to a bit more. Less aggressive. (laughs) Did you think it was pretty aggressive how he's expressing? I thought it was very, yeah, I did. I guess, I don't know. I'm going to find this episode to articulate 
very difficult. I'm going to find articulating <laughs> how I feel about it very difficult. Um, but yeah, I guess it was, I felt like it was aggressive. I felt like the whole thing about resistance was really um, like, it's this simple. It's this simple. It's mm-hmm. black and white. Do it like this. And I'm just like, fuck no, no, I don't. I'm sorry, but I don't agree. <laughs> so yeah. um, that then personally made it very difficult to get the insights from it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just that kind of person, I guess. And it also probably just because I'm tired at the moment, <laughs> but like I'm, yeah, if, if it was frustrating me. So then I found it hard to like listen to the rest of it and take insight from it. Mm. Right, that's interesting. It was quite um, forceful and, and like, this is the way it is, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think, you know, it's it, it's interesting. I don't know whether that's just because it was written by a dude or it's just his personality or what, but. But, you know, have you listened to interviews with him, like podcast videos and no. things? Because he's sweet and, like, really nice. Like, he's, it doesn't sound like he reads, which okay. I That's really interesting. When I. I've looked at a few uh, podcasts, but they were like videos on YouTube because I'm a YouTube person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, he's really different to what I imagine and and just a lot softer, I feel. Because, I, yeah, there's definitely, I don't know if I would say aggressive in the book, but, yeah, it's definitely black or white and it does make mm-hmm. you feel a little like if you don't get it, then you're not getting it. And he's not going <laughs> to explain it to you because it's that simple. And you're like, but, <laughs> you know, you kind of want to say, but all the time. Yeah. Um, should we explain what yeah. resistance is, like that first concept that we just mentioned? Because I don't know if that's exactly how the book starts, but it's definitely mm-hmm. a key kind of concept that he's trying to explain around what resistance with a big R, I think he calls it, mm-hmm. is. <clears throat> Shall I read out this the book in three sentences? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's from a from a review that someone's written, I think, um, synopsis. The book in three sentences. Number one, resistance is what keeps us from sitting down and doing our best work. Number two, most of us have two lives, the life we live before we turn pro and the life after. And number three, resistance hates when we turn pro. And then there's five big ideas. Resistance cannot be seen, touched, heard or smelled, but it can be felt. We experience it as an energy field radiating from a working potential. It's a repelling force. It's negative. It aims to shove us away, distract us, prevent us from doing our work. And it goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, that's the key for me. Like I really like resonated with this idea of resistance as a, as a thing that you feel. And I think everybody can relate to that. Like what is it that stops you from doing the work that you want to do. Um, Children, bedtime. Like <laughs> this is why I disagree with it, right? Because I just don't think it's that clear cut. That's really interesting because as someone who doesn't have those external factors, like I don't mm. have anything stopping me from doing what I want to do with my life. You know, I don't mm-hmm. have children or a job or anything like that. So for well, me, you kind of have a job. Well, you, <laughs> yeah, but you my job, job. <laughs> is is the creativity. Like, so for yeah. me, it is something internal. No, that but stops that's not me. true. There's heaps of part of your job that are under creativity that require you're you right. to fight yeah. resistance. Like, you're not enjoying oh, yeah. creating captions all the time on social media or doing no. your bookkeeping or doing, you know, whatever it is that month, there's always going to be some sort of thing where you just need the discipline and the consistency. And mm. I think like this is what that, re- that's when resistance show up when you're like you don't feel in the flow especially if it's creative work but also mm-hmm. for anything else like I think well that's what I got from that concept mm-hmm. of resistance with a big R it's like you know it's really just self-discipline and consistency when at times you don't want to because you're waiting mm-hmm. for it to feel right to be in the flow in the zone and all these you know weird expressions that we have to ex- to express like 
when you're feeling creative and and to, mm. sometimes you just don't feel creative and you just have to sit down and create anyway mm. and I think that's kind of like how that's kind of what the book is about isn't it well that's the whole turning pro thing so he really yeah. draws out this idea that there's a difference between being an amateur and being a pro mm. and that's what the whole second section is about and I think that's really a really valuable mindset shift to make mm. because he's like the and pro I agree. Yeah. The whole time I was listening to Jess, I was like, yes, this is like what Jess says in the, you know, what you've done previously in blog posts and um, podcast episodes and stuff. And it's just interesting because when the way that you explain it in your work and when you say it, I'm like, yes, it's totally true. Everyone needs to get that mindset. But in the book, I was like, no, this is, I don't know why I really like didn't resonate with it mm-hmm. in the same way. I just felt like it was so, I don't know. And all the examples, it was like, all the celebrities, Tiger Woods does this and Tiger Woods does that and mm. and never complains about it. I'm like, yeah, but a ton of like famous celebrity, very successful pros do complain and do chuck hissy fits and stuff. <laughs> so, you know, like I, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting that I just really mm. didn't jive. When I got to the part, that part of the book, I actually thought, oh, this is what I'm really interested about. And it made me want to get his other book that's actually called Turning Pro. <laughs> Right. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm reading the wrong book. <laughs> so maybe I should read the other one. But I do, I really like this idea. Of, I think it made me rethink about the word professional because I think there's mm. this idea that professional means just being better at, like your outcomes are better than if you're an amateur. I think that's where um, our brain goes, right? I don't know if it's because of the sport kind of world where you're like an amateur and if you're really good you turn pro Mm -hmm. but actually a professional it doesn't it's not so much about the outcome it's about the fact that every every day you do that thing and that's what your Mm -hmm. life is about and you show up with consistency to do that Mm -hmm. thing so I think that was really interesting because I was like oh yeah we have the definitions of like amateur and pro kind of mixed up you know Mm -hmm. um and that was really interesting but I agree with you Mika I think that I've heard these like a million times from other people and enjoyed I don't know. It's just his way of expressing things, I guess, didn't really connect. I, I just struggle a little bit as well with how mm. he's putting things. And maybe it's just the whole, I mean, got, take perhaps taking the metaphor of the play on words like a bit too far, like the military metaphors mm. and stuff, again, didn't really drive with me in that, especially you guys wouldn't have had this, but in the audiobook, there's sounds. So there's like, oh, okay. oh no yeah, way. Yeah, like in between each chapter, there's like military type music. Oh, and, really? <laughs> yeah, and like planes flying over, <laughs> and it's just a bit too much. Oh, my goodness. Really. That would change the vibe. No wonder you felt like it was aggressive. Oh, yeah, well, also, full disclosure, I did listen to it sped up a little bit too. So, <laughs> like, blah, 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 like quick fire, rapid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing about this book. It's one of those books that's it's very much um it's not a it's not a oh it is coherent, but it's very much little snippets. Like mm. there's like a couple of a couple of pages per chapter and it's very much like these all these ideas, like he talks about this one and this one and this one and this one. Like it's it's very um short, sharp ideas, which is good in a mm. way because it you can read one particular little chapter and go, oh, yeah, I really resonate with that particular yeah. part mm. of it. And that's what happened to me. Like I would like – there's certain ones where I'm like highlighting the whole thing and like, yeah, I really – that really makes sense to me. But then there's other ones where I just skipped them. kind of went, nah, I nah, don't really get anything out of that. Yeah. So 
let's talk briefly or quickly or in-depthly, whatever we like, about <laughs> um, <laughs> the bit that I've only just got to in the, which is the third section, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I've only just got to in Audible, um, which is all about the angels and the muses and da-da-da-da, um, which is not a new concept to me because that's what, Elizabeth Gilbert covers in Big Magic as well. <laughs> I wrote that note. I'm like, this is just a mouse version of Big Magic. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I haven't, I didn't listen to a bunch because then I was driving home to come here to record. So <laughs> I haven't finished it. Um, but I guess so I just wanted to say like it's the concept was familiar to me, but mm. I don't agree with any of it. As in for myself, mm. I'm just not down with it. Like, mm. no. So but, it's, that's a personal thing, I guess. So his whole his whole concept it all builds upon it. So the first section is about resistance. There's this force called resistance that is actively trying to stop you from doing your best creative work or your work in general or whatever it is. Like he he doesn't just say like creative work. It's like anything you want to do with your life. There's mm-hmm. this force called resistance, right? And I, I I do feel that I liken resistance to entropy. It's like the path of least resistance. If you want to think about it in sort of a sciencey way, like all things are always going towards entropy, which is where things dissolve and fall apart. And yeah, mm. so, you know, you have to fight against entropy. Entropy is just, you know, I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Not that there's mm. anything wrong with that, but if that's all you ever do, you probably find that you'll wake up in 20 years time ago. I probably should have done something else with my life. Or maybe I didn't want to, whatever. But if you do want to, that's a problem. Um, so he talks about breaking out of your comfort zone and, you know, all those sorts of familiar ideas around that. And that there's, you know, there's allies to resistance. Like I actually wrote a note, like tall poppy syndrome here in Australia. Like when you start to do well, people around you who are also in this state of entropy and feeling resistance will push against you and try to stop you because they don't want mm-hmm. you succeeding. They, it might not be conscious, but they don't want you to like become a, a shining star mm-hmm. because then that shows up their own problems and, and their own lack of, you know, whatever. Mm. Et cetera, et cetera. And then he talks about this. Okay. So how do we overcome resistance turning pro? And then this third section is where he taught his whole kind of grand understanding of it all comes to fruition. And so to him, I don't think you read this bit, Mick. He talks about, um, there's this idea of the ego and the self being two different oh, things. Oh, yeah. Just, I just arrived home at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> didn't get into it. <laughs> and the self is the part of you that is tapped into the divine. Like the, it tapped in. That's where the angels live. That's where the muses live. And in order to overcome resistance, you have to tap into the, the self. Over, you have to transcend the ego, tap into the self so you can listen to these things and overcome resistance. So that's his, his world, like that's his world, creative worldview and what he believes about creativity. And yeah, that loses me completely because I don't believe in any of that. Um, it's the same idea in big magic that all ideas exist independently. They're floating out there and you, you just have grab to tap, it. And yeah, you got to tap it. into yeah. it and make it a reality. Mm. And that just makes me roll my eyes because I don't believe in that at all. So it kind of makes the whole thesis fall apart a little bit for me. So I have to kind of just go, okay, well, that part doesn't make sense to me. I can turn it into sort of a psychological way of looking at things and that, you know, we have our subconscious, our unconscious, there's this thing bubbling away in there that we, you know, it's when you have a shower, when you go for a walk, these ideas suddenly pop into your head because your brain is resting and it's not con- it's not focused on something. And so it you have a chance to actually have these ideas to let them come into consciousness. Mm. So for me, that's how I understand that process. Mick? 
Mm. I was just going to say there's a wonderful book which I've talked to you guys about before, which is no longer in print because of an unfortunate misquotation in the book, Um, but it's called How Creativity Works and it goes through all the neuroscience of how Mm. insight works and it's just beautiful and it's you would love it, Jess, so get on to that one. It's actually science. (laughs) Send send me a copy. (laughs) Yeah, I think I totally agree with that. I think this is really where... I lost a book. It just, I completely, mm. I was really struggling. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to finish it because I, I, everyone talks about this book. I must finish it. <laughs> but there is, there's two things. There's A, this idea that ideas like fly in the air or whatever, like kind of like that spiritual idea of ideas, mm. which is in that book and also in Big Magic. Or you can watch the TED Talk from Elizabeth Gilbert called Your Elusive Something Something Genius. Creative Magic Something Genius. Yeah, Your, Elusive Magic. Your Elusive genius or something if you type elizabeth genius and elizabeth gilbert in in google you will find it and she explains that that you know the idea kind of flies and grabs you and if you and you and your role is to capture it and actually make it you know come to life and if you you know similarly some people think that if you don't then it just goes to someone to someone else or and i I don't know if I agree with that. I, I probably don't. But the way Elizabeth explains it inspired me to yeah, I totally agree and do the work. Where yeah. It made me think in a way that I was like, okay, yeah, my I just need to show up. That's my role. And whether there is an idea that day or not that's worth pursuing is like irrelevant. I just need to show up and do the work because when the idea comes in my brain, I will be doing the work and I'll be putting it down mm. to paper. Yeah, I think um, I love Elizabeth Gilbert, but it's you know same same thing like I don't mm. believe in it comes from the air I think it comes from our brains <laughs> but the the takeaway that you've got there Deb is totally right like you you need to be available at that time no matter mm-hmm. where it's coming from if mm. you think it's divine from the gods or divine from your neuro neurons mm-hmm. connecting mm-hmm. which yeah. is what I think um yeah you need to be able to have that space and time to get into that flow and into that zone to then make that idea a reality yeah. or whatever. I whatever think what made it even more complicated for me to get into the the that part in Stephen Pressfield version is that it's really about the angels and God, like he really talks about the Almighty and you know this was you were created with this gift and and your purpose is really to um, to make this come to life because it's like he the version of God through you and I'm personally not. Like I don't believe in in God necessarily. I believe in some things, and I have you know some element of spirituality that maybe just don't go into the box of a specific religion. But it was so, so for that reason, it was hard for me to to kind of relate to that. And I but I can see how maybe a lot of the listeners right now actually really enjoyed that part because it made sense to them. So I just think that this mm-hmm. was just a bit of a personal kind of like oh I'm I'm lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this doesn't make sense in my brain, you know? Yeah, I agree, and like. <sighs> This concept really, really bothers me. This concept of you were born with a specific purpose uh, that you are supposed to bring into the world. Yeah, I hate that. It just I, makes I me that. so cranky because yeah. it means people spend their entire lives trying to find this magical thing that they were born to do and consistently second guess themselves all the time. Also, like, guess what? No one's drawn, like, no one's born with a fucking pencil in their hand. Like, hmm. you, you don't. It's practice. Yeah. You can it's learn deciding. anything. Yeah. It's yeah. deciding what matters to you, what what makes your what brings you purpose and meaning in your life. Mm. And it, it changes. To, yeah, it changes throughout your life. It's up to you. You haven't you don't have to just wait for some divine truth to hit you in the head and like you can you can make your meaning whatever you want it to be. And I yeah. also this idea that ideas, you know, 
all these ideas and creativity and stories are just out there floating around. It totally, as far as I'm concerned, it totally negates the genius and magic of humanity. Like, no, we are amazing. We are creative as human beings. We don't Mm. need divine anything outside of our own minds and our own experience to be creative and amazing and beautiful and and magical have whatever words you want to use Mm. and i just think that does a disservice to us as a species and what we've created and what we're capable of creating and pretending like it's actually Mm. god talking to us or whatever but i think you know you can then turn that into like what i did when i was reading the book i was like okay so this god thing doesn't work for me but i think that what he's saying like the way i'm looking at it is that Mm. okay neurons boom 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 every day i don't know how many thoughts we have like forty thousands or some ridiculous Mm. amount your brain is constantly creating thoughts randomly just generating stuff you decide to keep what you want or what you don't and it's just you know that walk you take took in the morning what you read in the papers is like for some reason those thoughts at some point as a spark and this one mm-hmm. seems more valuable exactly. and you decide mm-hmm. to act on it and so I, I just took it in that way as in like that's what they they mean more they meaning um either him or elizabeth gilbert like that moment where it's like oh that's something i actually want to grab onto and make and do something with you know and, yeah and it's valuing that and making space and time for that mm-hmm. To actually do yes. something with that idea. That's what matters. Yes. And that's what about yes. his whole turning pro thing is if you show yes. up every day and put yourself in the mindset of a pro, which is I'm going to create something today or I'm going to do this thing today, you make space for to bring those creative yes. ideas into reality. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you're constantly pushing it aside because you're like, no, I don't have time for that. No, that's not my priority right now. Then that it won't happen. Yeah. So I think we all agree. Yeah. <laughs> Which was not a surprise, really. No. There's this really nice quote. I don't know if it's actually from the book or from him, but um, well, no, it is in the book. So it says, someone was once asked Somerset Mongman, I don't know who he is, if he wrote on a schedule or only when struck by inspiration. I write mm-hmm. only when inspiration strikes. Fortunately, it strikes every morning at nine o'clock sharp. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was really great, which is actually not it's a Stephen Prescott quote from this other guy so it's like a double <laughs> yeah. quote right yeah but it's that's the thing I think and that's mm. that's that was my favorite part of the book like the resistance yeah I understood but I was like okay that doesn't really help me overcome it but this mm. idea that you overcome it by just freaking showing up and doing it consistently uh consistency is like my favorite word of all time I do it I, I pronounce I need to start I need to find a way to express my ideas around the that concept in a of consistency. Well, no, but you know, I think like I just, I think like I need to do like a freaking long either video or blog about it, so it's out mm. there. I've expressed myself around that, and I can like move because it's just floating in my head all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's floating in yeah. the air, and it wants me because <laughs> it's something that I've been talking about so much because yeah. I, it really is just it, it's everything. To, I think mm. you know, and I think this is what I took from the book even more. It's this idea that eventually you just need to freaking show up, and that's what being a professional mm. means versus an amateur. Yeah, it's being disciplined. It's being consistent. Mm. Setting up systems and habits so that you get your shit done and. This is the thing like people always say to me, oh, you know, it must be so hard to get your work done. You know, yourself, how do you make yourself work every day? And I know we've talked about this before. It's like, I don't make myself work. It's just what I do now because I built up a habit. Yeah. <laughs> These days are work days. This time is work time and it's not difficult anymore. It is. But you first. know, like that's your job. Exactly. So I don't if you didn't do it for several weeks, you would not make any money and, yeah, and then get paid and you would uh, be able to buy groceries. Like, that's, you know, yeah, all it's those kind things, of motivating, so, you know? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> as I was thinking about this bloody um, 
resistance thing. Um, I'm obviously very against it. <laughs> I don't she's, even know why. She's experienced resistance against resistance. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it actually made me think of um, one of the uh, like um, personal trainer people back in the day, like probably about 10 years ago, it was very, I don't know, prolific, whatever. They were saying <clears throat> motivation is not a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm losing my voice. I'm sorry, guys. <clears throat> and my friend was like, well, this person says motivation is not a thing. You just have to get up and do it. And my resistance to that at the time is like, well, yeah, of course it's a thing because if I have no motivation to get to the end goal for whatever that is, like, for, like why, why would I get up and run if I have no end goal, if I have no motivation to get the mm. thing that it's going to give me? I'm going to get faster, I'm going to get fitter, I'm going to get whatever. If I don't care about that, then I have no motivation, then why would I do it? So I was having like flashbacks to this other <laughs> conversation from 10 years ago going, well, I just don't agree with that really. <laughs> I mean, it's but it's the same, like it's these two ends, opposite ends of the scale where I'm saying I don't, motivation is a thing mm. and perhaps resistance is or isn't a thing, I don't know, and you do need to just show up and do it. But just showing up and doing it doesn't mean that it's going to happen every time, but it mm. gives you the space for when it does happen for it to work. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And motivation to me, it's not really a thing. I think motivation is a word perhaps people use when they actually mean their why. Like that's what they mean. Yes. Yeah, that's so purpose. not motivation as in motivation, rah, rah. It's in what's motivating Motivated. you. You know, yes. what is the, the reason yeah. that, that yeah. you are, want to do this thing? And that is a thing, but it's different to that. Oh, I don't feel motivated today. That's a different cons- kind of concept of motivation. Mm. I think it's this, I, I think that's the same thing to me. That's interesting. Like if I am not motivated today, then I'm not connecting in with my why. Okay. Mm. Well, there you go. Maybe that's, cool, or maybe I'm just interested key. in something else today. Yeah. Well, that's true. There's certainly maybe days where I feel that. Or you're experiencing resistance else. because procrastination <laughs> is one of the way resistance. But like maybe it's not procrastination. Maybe it's like I really just feel like going to the pool today, you know, like I mm. feel like enjoying my life in a different way, you know, like yeah. it's not I'm not talking just about not doing the work. I'm mm. talking about do, choosing to do something else because mm. you also like doing that other thing. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. There, there was one. There was one section right at the end in that whole Beyond Resistance chapter that I actually enjoyed, um, there's two bits. One, he talks about fear, and I think yes, that's what, I was that chapter that. was really yes, good. Um, it's very short, but it's very apt because mm. he says the biggest fear is fear of success, and I would agree with him on that. Mm. Um, that's the real deep fear underneath all the other fears is that you'll actually be successful and what the hell will that your life look like and what will change. Um, and the other one is this idea of territory versus hierarchy that he talked about right at the end of the book. Um, I'll try to, it's a bit weird, but I'll try to explain it. So he's talking about, he's, he's actually basically talking about motivation, Mick, mm. in this section. Maybe I need to yeah. listen to that. So chapter. he's talking about the difference between, so humans, you know, we're, we, we exist in a hierarchy when we're tribal creatures. And he's talking about the, what's, mo, what's the purpose for you? Why are you doing this thing you're doing? Is it for a hierarchy purpose? In other words, to look good to other people? Are you doing it for other people, like to to be famous or to be well-known or to be well-regarded or to all those sorts of things that are external reasons? Or are you showing up because it's what he calls your territory? It's the place where you go to be better for yourself. 
And he uses like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the gym is his territory. He doesn't go to the gym, you know, necessarily for other people. He does it for himself. You know, it's the place where you go and, yeah, yeah, I know, that's a bit of a weird one. I'm making a face because I'm like, oh, with the bloody celebrities again. Like, (laughs) people... You know, people connect with that stuff. Yeah. He, he also he's also a screenwriter, so that's you know he's I know, in that. But I'm world. like, have you interviewed these people and actually asked them because no. you're casting a lot of aspersions? Like yeah. he's saying, you know, that um, he didn't say Britney Spears. One of the other singers does this because of this. I'm like, do you, how do you know that Madonna yeah. doesn't walk around with a comb brow now? How do you know that? Because I'm pretty sure Lady Gaga does that quite often. So you know, <laughs> maybe interview these people and then do it again. I'm very cynical today. Sorry, that's guys. okay. <laughs> But like um, to, to finish my point, <laughs> I, I really, this really hit home to me because it's something I've talked, thought and talked about a lot in my life is that. But don't get know, me wrong, the concept sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to like, oh, that's dumb. I think yeah. this is like, sounding good. Why, so are you, why are you creating this thing you're creating? Like if nobody, like if you were the last person on earth, would you still do this thing that you're mm-hmm. doing? Right? Yeah. That's basically, he says that. Mm-hmm. If, if there was no one else around, like for me, and I'm like, yeah, pretty, except for making YouTube videos, let's be honest. Like <laughs> I do maybe to document my own life, but that's a bit weird. But, you know, uh, the things that I do, a lot of the things that I do, uh, do fit into that category like mm. you know things i do for myself my health my fitness my happiness yeah i do them no matter what um but i also thought well some to, to a certain extent no like jewelry to me now is a job i wouldn't i very rarely would ever go sit down and make jewelry just for fun for myself which is how this all started for me mm. so not specifically jewelry but working for yourself yes mm. Yeah. So, like, it wouldn't necessarily matter what the medium was, but if you mm-hmm. go, like, back mm-hmm. a step to working for yourself, that would be your territory. Absolutely. Like, being self-employed, yeah. being self-directed, being, yeah. you know, the, owner, the director of my life, that totally is my territory. So, I think that was a good concept. I wish you'd actually mm. expanded on that concept a little bit more. Yeah. It made me think about the ego is, ego is the enemy book uh, from Ryan Holiday, which is kind of like expanded on that, but it's essentially like, yeah, letting go of doing things not because of ego, which we do 98% of the time, even yeah. those of us who try to be aware of that. It's it's very difficult to actually let go of the ego and to, of what other people care and status and what society mm-hmm. is and and how you fit in it yeah, and doing survival things Survival depends on it really, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, because yeah, we have to play that game. So mm-hmm. like you, you kind of fall for it, yeah. Um, that fear thing though, Jess, I really want to talk about that. Is it kind of, it's been a while now. Was it that the amateur essentially is waiting for fear to go so that he would do the Yeah, I think so to a certain extent. Yeah. Versus the pro does it even though he's scared and he doesn't, you know, he's still showing up. I think pro and amateur are also a word I don't like. (laughs) Seriously, I think like they're so, that. They ha- they feel a little aggressive. That's right, Mika. Now I'm kind of mm. like, yeah, it is a bit aggressive. It's very masculine. It's very like, masculine all the language yeah. in it's very masculine. Yeah, yeah. Mm. which is fine. I yeah. jive with it though. Um, yeah. I've got a quote here that is kind of around this concept of amateur because I like that. I like this idea of the amateur being scared mm. and over identifying with what he's doing to a point where that gets in the way. Versus yes. the pro is like, no, I can detach myself. I do it because I do it, not because mm-hmm. it's going to be great or bad. So the I'll just read really quickly that thing. 
and then we can discuss it if you want. So it just says the, the amateur over-identifies with his vocation, his artistic aspiration. He defines himself by it. He's a musician, a painter, a playwright. Resistance loves this. Resistance knows that the amateur composer will never write his symphony because he's overly invested in its success and over-terrified of its failure. The amateur takes it so seriously, it paralyzes him. Yeah, and then when you get to the pro, it's like the opposite. So they're just yeah. doing it for the sake of the theme not for the sake of the outcome. It's um he also quotes the Bhagavad Gita in there talking about um Arjuna telling no, sorry, Arjuna's the, the dude. So it's the the God telling Arjuna, you know, you you can't depend on you can only do your labor. You can you can't depend on the fruits of your labor. You have no control over the fruits of your labor. All you can control is the doing the labor. Mm. And then whatever comes from that, it's out of your hands. Yeah. And you just have to accept it. Yeah, he's essentially like do the work and the rest is byproducts. Like what comes out mm-hmm. of it is byproducts and it doesn't yeah. really matter to the pro. Because, yeah, it's like the love of the work. But it's funny because in our head, like pro, a pro is someone that gets paid for it mm. often or that's often how we, you know, we're like, well, if you're a pro writer, we think that means you're getting paid, not you've been writing 48 books that you've never published because you've got <laughs> another job. But in his definition, that person is a pro too, which I think is is very true. But it gets complicated when you do start getting paid for this thing because then are you really doing it for the love of the thing? Well, or? he talks about that. He yeah. talks about that you're not actually, if you're doing, if you basically are a sellout, if you're basically just doing things because other people will buy them, then you're not a pro. <laughs> you know, that's so very, interesting. Like that's murky, you know. Yeah, like, yeah I agree. That, yeah. that bothered me. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I see where you're, like he calls it a hack. You're a hack if you're just doing things uh, to please to please the masses, basically. Isn't that what the book, whole book is about, that he wants you to be a pro? I'm so confused. By yeah, no, I, yeah, I, think I, I think I'm a bit wrong there. I think like I don't. he wasn't using the pro language at that point. He was using, yeah, the hack to be like, you know, are you a pro or are you a hack? So, mm. no, I think, I think. What he true. says around the pro and the money thing is uh, the pro, though he accepts money, does his work out of love. Too much love can make him choke. To labor in the arts for any reason other than love is prostitution. Mm. Yeah, that was a bit too far for me. <laughs> I don't agree. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't agree at all. If you like writing, if you like writing, I so there was this uh, woman that I was just reading about recently. She's a really good writer. Um, she doesn't uh, necessarily write the like best books, as in they're just kind of trashy romance novels, mm. but she's prolific and makes tons of money from it, and she enjoys writing. Boom, done. So, yeah, she's a sellout and a hack and a prostitute, sure. Like, no, but I don't think that's what he means. Them. I think that if you have the love and you're getting paid, I think he means that when you accept money as a pro, it's a byproduct again. It's like, oh, right. that's convenient. Turns out I can also get paid doing this thing, but you would still do it without the money. It's kind of like the big Gilbert says yeah, as well with true. like the sheet sandwich and like, you know, my job is to pay the bills so that I can sit down and write. And that's my job. So, and then it turns out that she became a good writer, you know, and now she's really just making a living from that. But she, that's not, that wasn't the case. And she was still a pro because she was showing up every day and writing a book. So I think that's what he means. But he's very, yeah, he, everything you read from him, it's like you have to reread and go, do I agree? I don't know. I think I do. No, I don't. No, I don't. I do. It's like I'm very confused. It makes you think, and that's good. Yeah. 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 
So it is very was... masculine as a book, though. Like all the mm. examples are very masculine. Uh, even you know when he says the pro, he, the amateur, he. So mm. you know it's always he, he's, he's, he's. There stuff. are some she's in there, but uh, he's mostly he's. I did. I, you know, I'm very um, <laughs> I'm looking out for this all the time. But he did use female examples enough that I wasn't upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the language is really like you know it that high powered. Like, it is called the war of art. So yeah, 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 yeah. So it follows you kind of that theme, that I think. Yeah, to be the case, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think there is some valuable stuff in this book. There's also yeah. some stuff that I don't agree with, but that's okay. I don't have to agree with everything. Yeah. It would be great to get some input from any of our listeners who are more religious than us, which would yes, be almost please. anyone, um, <laughs> to see what you took from it and if there was any parts that, you know, maybe really resonated with you for certain reasons and or if there was other parts that didn't resonate with you. Mm. Why? I guess the thing that my problem was like this, angels got enough like beyond the idea that like I'm not religious is that I'm like okay well what if your purpose is not to to be creative like what if your Mm. purpose in life is just to be like a happy content I don't know member of a family or friend or whatever like what if you don't I feel like there's this risk of making people feel like if you don't find if this idea doesn't find you, then you're kind of worthless or you, mm. you, you kind of like, what's your purpose? What's your worth on this planet? Why are you not doing the, the, the work of, you know, mm-hmm. this magic creativity that's flying in the air. And it's like, well, maybe like, that's not you. Like, I don't know. I, I struggle with that. Yeah. I actually put, I usually did it. I don't tweet a lot, but I put this tweet out the other day. Cause I, it's exactly on this is like, you don't have to have a mission or a calling or a purpose. You can just make money doing something you enjoy. And if you can do that, you're luckier than 95% of humanity. Yeah. True that. It doesn't always have to be a big, massive thing, you know. I think we sometimes make too much of that. And honestly, I think a lot of that sort of rhetoric is a is a really good excuse for people not to do stuff because they're like, oh, I'm still searching for my purpose. Mm. I haven't found it yet, so I'll just keep doing this job I hate and living mm. this life I hate rather than just, you know. Mm. Yeah. Trying stuff. Yeah. And saying, you gotta find my thing. Yeah. Just find something. Just find something. Yeah. (laughs) It's not just one thing. You can be happy doing lots of different things. It's like the idea of there being a soulmate out there for you. I think that's absolute rubbish. Mm -hmm. And you can be happy Mm -hmm. with umpteen number of people if you just find the right person at the right time. Or just yourself. (laughs) Or just yourself. Yeah. Why not need anybody? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I've opened a little link there while you were talking about this is a vlog about like, why I hate the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. And now I'm remembering things that I'm like, oh, yeah, I really didn't like that part. There was an example with Hitler and, like, resistance. and I Oh, his like, painting career? Yeah, oh, how, yeah. Like, oh, my he, God. Um, it was easier for him to start World War II than it was to face the blank pay. square of canvas. And I was like, why are we talking about it? Like, this really got me to it <laughs> upset me, it actually upset me because I was like, oh, I, I don't know what was the point. It was a, a strong example that didn't, I don't know, It. I didn't like that at all. I was upset at this. Mm-hmm. And then there was a part about cancer as well, which I also didn't understand. Oh, yeah, I just got in. He was he was quoting someone else, but he was basically saying cancer. Now, I'm paraphrasing and I'm probably saying it wrong, but he was saying this other guy was saying, oh, cancer might be happening because we're not following our dreams. And, yeah, you know, okay. people who have followed their dreams got cured and I'm it's like your fault fuck you, have cancer. you that really upsets me see I'm really yeah. not happy with that so mm. I guess okay would you recommend this book to a friend 
I well, would, I recommended it in the first place, so yes. I wanted to read it, it as a book club because I thought it, it was really interesting to discuss, but I yeah, would exactly. recommend it as a friend. If a friend oh, well, there you I'm go. really looking for a book about creativity, what would I read? I would not say The War of Art. It depends on what their issue is. Yeah. If they're having an issue around this whole resistance thing, around the whole pro thing, then maybe I'd I'd recommend and I'd I'd recommend it with caveats, which I did to you you to you guys yeah. as well. It's like yeah. there are bits in this book I think are really valuable. There are other bits that I don't like at all. <laughs> so mm. you just take what you what take what works for you from mm. it and leave the rest behind. Maybe I'd yeah. say maybe you should read Turning Pro. I haven't read it, but I feel it would be a better book. <laughs> I feel it was the best part. You can read, I, you know, report back on that. Yeah. I mean, the book that I recommended is no longer in print. So <laughs> that's how good my recommendation is. <laughs> All right, it's any, very good though. Any last words on this? Or are we good? No, I give think, it a go. It's uh, very short. It is if very short. Really reader, give it a go. What, what people think too. Like this is mm. So much better if we can start a conversation in the Facebook group. I would love, love, love to know mm. what you've loved and what maybe you really didn't like about the book. <laughs> um, yeah, if we can meet all in the Facebook group, it's at um, facebook.com slash the business of making. making. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be our Facebook page though, wouldn't it? Oh, it'll but show you up. can get to it. Oh, you know, it's the opposite. It's the business of making.com slash Facebook. That's how you get to the group. <laughs> Or just search anyway, us on Facebook and look for our community and yeah, join us there yeah. for the chat when this episode comes out. So we'll publish um, we'll publish this in the Facebook group and you can have a discussion below or just start a thread, whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Just use hashtag book club mm. yeah. um, and we can see what people – because, yeah, I'd really love to hear what people think as well mm. and what people got out of it. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's that. And maybe what I said before, you know, take what works for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. I'd like to say that, um, Jess, for saying that you were a bit flat today, you were extremely eloquent. Oh, thanks. And I'm jealous of your good speaking skills. (laughs) And I feel like I sounded like an idiot this whole episode. So apologies for my non-articulate self today. Well done, Jess. I love it, Jess. (laughs) And Deb's just normally good and she was good. When I turn on the microphone, it's like broadcaster Jess comes out to play. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I've just had a full <laughs> cup of coffee while we were recording because I was like, I need to wake up to talk about this, but now I'm really awake and we're done talking. <laughs> I had a few bits of chocolate. That was my attempt to wake mm. myself up. Um, chocolate. So our next book is, mm. um, Deb, I'm going to let you introduce it because you've actually read it before and know a little bit more about it than the rest of us. Uh, I've read it a long time ago, uh, mm. but okay, let me, I'm actually Googling, so I'm getting the right stuff. Ivy, you might want to just cut that a little bit out. <laughs> <laughs> or not. It's entertaining. <laughs> Just me on my keyboard going. I mean, I've got it in front of me. I can tell people what it is if you want. Oh, you have it. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I was well, going to read the synopsis. Okay, building a story brand by Donald Miller. Okay, <laughs> uh, New York Times. Okay, <clears throat> New York Times bestselling author Donald Miller uses the seven universal elements of powerful stories to teach readers how to dramatically improve how they connect with customers and grow their businesses. Yeah, I'm wondering if I might have that on my shelf. I don't. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a classic in the realm of like branding and storytelling. There's probably a lot of other books that would touch on the same topic, but I think this one will be easy to find, mm-hmm. and it's a good starting point to understand. Yes, yeah, storytelling and branding, because so you know, going beyond like your logo, like what makes a brand, and how do you tell the story of your brand to connect with customers, which is incredibly important. Um, so I'm looking forward to rereading this because it's been a while since I've read it. I think mm-hmm. it's it's not an old book, but it's you know it's a couple of years old, but not yeah. super old. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's got, uh, what's 4.34 on Goodreads. <laughs> 4.34 stars. That's all right. That's pretty good. Goodreads um, people are 9,913 yeah, ratings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love going into Goodreads and after I finish the book, because I'm always scared I'm going to read a spoiler if not, and read all the reviews. It's like trolls, but also fans like arguing about like what they love and didn't love about a book. And I find it fascinating. Don't do it before you buy a book though, because you will never buy a book again. No, that's terrifying. (laughs) You're like, okay, no, that's a bad book. I don't know. Look at the one star reviews and go, oh no. (laughs) Anyway, so Building Your Story Brand by Donald Miller. We will be talking about, about that in April because that's two months away from now. And, uh, we, yeah, so it'll be a, an episode in two months' time. So if you want to join us for that, all you need to do is grab a copy of the book and read it and then reconvene back here on the podcast when we talk about it in two months' time and yeah. obviously come over to the Facebook group and let us know what you think about it as well. Mm-hmm. So that is it for today. That was fun. I really enjoyed this whole book club. Yes, me too. Maybe we should start a podcast that's just a book club. <laughs> It's do we fun. have time to read no books? We, we don't yeah no we don't. i mean maybe novels i read so many of them but yeah actual like proper yeah, no, intellectual I books i agree yeah it'd be fun though got about seven books on the go at the moment it's really good <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening everyone we ha- let us give us your feedback let us know if you enjoy this like we're doing it because we think you'll enjoy listening to, uh, along with us so if you did enjoy it please let us know so we can continue with our book club episodes yeah. And uh, we'll be back again next week. No, next fortnight, I'm sorry, with another episode. At some episode. point. I know. We'll I be back sometime. <laughs> we'll be back again soon with another episode of the Business of Making Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.